The bandwidth for this episode of the AR-15 Podcast is sponsored by the Firearms Radio Network, firearmsradio.tv. Welcome to episode 121 of the AR-15 Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Hardy, and with you tonight is my ever-faithful co-host, J.W. Ram. This is the podcast about your favorite black rifle. This show is for you. Whether you're building your first AR or you've been building ARs for years, there's something we can all do to take our black rifle to the next level. What's up, J.W.? Hey, hey. I uh, haven't been traveling quite quite so much as you, but been hitting the range. Been having some good range times. Yeah. I saw some pictures, man. Yeah, you've been getting out and then pulling the trigger some, huh? I'm jealous. Yeah, made friends with a guy who has access to some farm property. And uh, so there's a hill- hillside on one side, and you can just kind of drive however far you want to go. Say, hey, let's shoot 500 yards. Okay, we'll drive 500 yards. Hey, let's shoot 900 yards. All right, let's keep going. And uh, so he's got just under, just under a grand available to him. And we oh, took good advantage of it. That's awesome. Yep. That is so, so, so awesome, man. Ah, yeah, that, that's killer. Um, well, as you guys know, I went out to uh, Nashville. We talked about me going out there. And I uh, got to go to the NRA annual meeting. And so um, I'm going to kind of give you guys some thoughts on that. But before we dig into the topic, let's uh, remind everybody that Brownells helps make this show possible. So don't forget that for Brownells, with their 100% lifetime satisfaction guarantee, is there for you anytime you have a problem. Like when you can't get your taper pins out of your new barrel and slip and slip off the front sight base, you now have to find a new barrel. Like poor Reed ended up having to do. Uh, poor guy. I know. Um, have we heard? Uh, we haven't seen any pictures yet of that rifle in our winner's hands, have we yet? I haven't. We'll have to bug Reed about that because I would love yeah. to see that sucker out on the range. Yeah, I want to see it in action, man. Um, you guys don't forget about the Brownells Edge program. It's very similar to uh, what the Amazon. Um, uh, Prime programs, from what I understand, uh, free shipping on all, free standard shipping on all orders, discounts on two-day and overnight shipping, free return shipping, and they get special members-only offers and discounts. So be sure to check out the Brownells Edge program. And while you're shopping for your AR-15 parts at Brownells, make sure that you make sure to use the AR15Podcast.com/parts link before you check out. So go ahead and put everything in your cart and. Then head over to ar15podcast.com forward slash parts. It'll redirect you back over to the Brownells website. And that does give us a little chunk of, uh, of that purchase. A uh, very small little teeny tiny piece, but those little teeny tiny pieces do add up over time. So help us out, uh, by using that. That's affiliate link, ar15podcast.com forward slash parts. So now for the fun stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to walk around shot for a couple days. But the NRA show yep. is something that I've never been to. Um, did you drive up? You fly? You, did you flew, fly? Blah, blah. Flew, fly, flew, flew, fly. <laughs> no, uh, it's in Nashville. I'm in South Alabama, so it's about six hours away. So I drove. Um, it's not that bad. Not a bad drive at all. And um, I drove up on Thursday afternoon. Didn't get to work quite as early as I thought I was going to, which kind of sucked. But... Uh, you know, so I didn't get there um, until late. I wanted to go to the Glock 43 uh, release party and get a chance to get some range time uh, with that little joker. I was really hoping to do that. Um, didn't get to, to do that. Uh, Jake um, didn't get in until later either, so he didn't get to do it. He flew in. But uh, 
for those of you listeners uh, that listen to other podcasts on the network, uh, you might be familiar with Ryan Mashad over at um, uh, the Handgun uh Podcast it was a handgun radio. I forget the name of the darn thing. Yeah, something like that. Uh, anyway, uh, Ryan's, yeah, Ryan's pretty awesome. Um, I, I'd listened to their show a few times, but it's the first time I'd had a chance to spend any time with him. And uh, yeah, Ryan's pretty awesome. And, and he drove up with TJ from uh, the Firearms Insider. Uh, and uh, those two guys, man, they, they had a good time. I'm telling you what, uh, they got to get downtown early. They came in earlier on Thursday, and so they got to go to the little block release party and get some range time on that thing. So I was, I was jealous. Very, very jealous. So, now did you guys all kind of stay I mean, together, or did you just get hotel rooms different places? Yeah, we um we we all got to stay together. Jake uh, was very very kind, and and we all got to share a house. So we originally were going to get a hotel, um, and we had a we had a hotel room. We all four of us were going to kind of cram into, um, that was right downtown. But um, apparently they overbooked those things sometimes. Yeah, so at the last minute, Jake found out his hotel room was overbooked and was not going to be available. Oops. Fantastic. So he found us, uh, I know, man. So he found us a, a nice little house about 30 minutes, uh, outside of town, um, right around, it was right outside of Franklin, Tennessee, which by the way is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, if you hadn't had a chance to get down that direction ever before, uh, Franklin, Tennessee is a beautiful area of the country. I'm going to tell you, it is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, the land out there, the rolling hills, and it's beautiful green this time of year. It was beautiful. So um, we got this house, uh, and we're supposed to have this house, and um, Jake's coming in late, and I'm the first person to get there because the other two guys are driving down from, from Nashville. They were up there playing around on the range, walking around downtown. And we we pull up, and or I pull up, and there's a um, the owner uh, has his father staying in the basement, and the house is for sale. And I won't go into a whole lot of detail, but let's just say that um, we were, um, when very shortly after I got there, within just like a couple of minutes, TJ and Ryan got there, and we met the owner's father. And, you know, we're three kind of big guys, you know, armed, of course, and we were nervous. We were kind of freaked out. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, when we met this guy, and... We were like, I don't know, should we, are we really going to stay here? I don't know if we're really going to do this or not. Yeah, we're armed, aren't we? Yeah, we're, we're, we're fit, kind of. Okay, maybe not so much, but, you know, we're, we, we're armed, so we should be okay. Uh, we know, you know, we should not have to use our weapons. That shouldn't be an issue. We should not have to use pull our, pull our guns at all. It should not happen. Um, we should be fine. Should be fine. Uh, I won't even go into all the details as to why we were creeped out, because they're just too weird. I mean, they are just too weird. So, I guess we'll have we to save that story hey, for the next uh, listener meetup or something. Yeah, that, that those details those details are not ones I'm gonna put on the air. Um, so we Jake Jake gets here gets there and and he um, doesn't get a chance to uh, to meet the guy. Um, unfortunately, uh, we were really kind of hoping he would. And I break out the uh, we get inside and and um, after we go we go out to eat real quick and we we get back inside and I break out I've got like a an inflatable mattress. You know, I'll break all my stuff out and I set up everything and, and the evening goes pretty well. You, if you guys saw the, like the video I posted up on, um, Facebook of, uh, um, Ryan doing a little bit of can shooting. Uh, TJ had brought down some of his, uh, um, it was a laser light, had gotten him a couple of those cans and he had a, a little laser light pistol and he was shooting the cans over. That was kind of fun. So the morning comes and we get up, we start getting dressed 
And the guys look over at me and they're like, what are you doing? What do you mean, what am I doing? You're packing everything up. I'm like, yeah. Well, what are you doing with your stuff? Are you leaving? Are you going home? Are you staff as you're going to the show? What are you doing? I'm putting everything back in the truck, I said. I'm like, well, why are, you're not going to leave your stuff here? I'm like, no. <laughs> okay. So I put all my stuff back in the truck. They're like, okay, so who's driving? And uh, TJ says, I'll drive. It's no problem. Um, and Jake's, you know, he's got all his business, Amazon business and stuff going. So he's going to, uh, he's going to stick around the house for a little bit so he can take care of, uh, his customer service issues. He's going to be a little bit later than us, about 30, 45 minutes later than us leaving. And, uh, he says, um, TJ says, I'll drive. And I said, okay, that's fine, but I'm driving. I said, no, what? You don't have to drive. I'll, I can drive. I said, I don't, I'm, I'm going to drive my truck. I said, why? Why? Just leave your truck here. Don't worry about it. I said, I'm not leaving any of my stuff here. I'm creeped out. And like, oh. And so they were already creeped out too. Actually, uh, they had actually, we all had locked all of our stuff up <laughs> in our vehicles. So we go to the show and I'll talk about the show in a minute. We get back Saturday or, or uh, Friday. Yeah. We get back Friday night and the guy didn't have a key to give us. Well, he did have a key, but he said we didn't need a key. No, you don't need a key. You don't need a key. You don't need a key. Why would you need a key? You don't have, what would you need a key for? I don't know why you'd need a key. Like, oh boy. So we get back Friday night and it's locked. The whole place is locked up tired and drum. And he's probably asleep. He's an older man. Probably has hearing aids. They're out. So he can't hear us knocking on the doors at all. It takes like an hour and a half to get in touch with the son. So he can finally get us in the house. It's like, oh, jeez, man. It's, it, um, it was one heck of an adventure. Let's just let's just say that I, I won't go. Like I said, I won't go into all those details. But um, just the house itself was 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 just wacko and crazy. And when we got back Friday, it was for sale. The realtor had been in there, and the they apparently had shown the house while we were gone. So somebody had burnt something in the fireplace. It was like some sort of big piece of plastic, and the whole house smelled of burnt plastic for the rest of the time we were there. It's like, oh man, make me sick. So. It, it was it, it was wacky, absolutely wacky, absolutely wacky. But it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun too. It was an adventure. I'll remember for a long time. Anyway, back back towards the show and the really good stuff. So we get into Nashville. Um, parking is kind of a mess. If you guys haven't been to Nashville before, um, uh, we ended up parking at LP Field. Everybody that went to the show probably ended up parking at LP Field. If you didn't park at LP Field, you could pay twenty eight bucks for two hours. Like holy cow! So. You park at LP Field at ten dollars a day, which that's that's reasonable, you know. But twenty eight dollars for two hours—that's that's that's a bit on the ridiculous side. So we didn't we didn't park close. We parked like a mile away, and we didn't want to wait on the bus. The train the, the, there was drive driving back and forth. We were uh, so you walked a whole mile. We walked the whole mile. Wow! And as we were getting ready to go, you know, like I said, I already packed all my stuff up in the truck, right? So I've got like my inflatable mattress and everything's all packed back up in the little backpack that I carry it around and all the time, like when I go camping and stuff. And I see the other two guys and they got backpacks on. I'm like, what do you guys have backpacks on for? I'm like, well, dude, you got to have a backpack. I'm like, what for? I'm like, for the swag and stuff. I'm like, swag? We get free stuff? Yeah, man. You get all kinds of free stuff. That's what everybody says anyway. Neither one of them had been before. They're just telling what everybody else said. So, okay, okay, okay. So I emptied out my backpack, put a backpack on. I've got my my big camera in that thing, and I've go ahead. I've got the the video camera that uh, that Jake had for the from the podcast um, networks that I was going to be used to doing uh, some video interviews. 
and it ends up I didn't get any swag. Um, I will. I take that back. I got. Um, I got. I got a sticker from somebody. You got a sticker. I got a sticker. Like, I got a sticker. Like, like three inches long and one inch high. Wow. Yeah. I know. Pretty awesome, isn't it? Oh, and I got a Surefire. I got a Surefire USB. I don't know if you guys can see it. Anybody's watching this on on YouTube, you can see my Surefire USB. It's a media kit. They've oh, got wow. like uh, all the in- media information on there, which is actually really kind of cool. Like for what we do, you know. But um, yeah. So yeah, when I went to shot, <laughs> I all I got was like. Back. 50 patches and a charging handle and a flash hider and a couple bottle yeah. openers. I and I know it was Vegas though. So it wasn't cheap. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. Way more expensive. I had like, like food and three tanks of gas. <laughs> it was, wasn't that bad. Um, so was anybody anyway. like rigging up as far as their EDC? Um, they had a whole bunch of gear and stuff that they wanted to bring to the show, everyone packing, all that. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, of course, Jake was coming in from Illinois, so he threw, he came through Chicago, so he didn't bring anything. He, he just didn't want to have to deal with it. And, uh, Ryan lives in Maine and he came through New York. And so he's like, I, I'm not going to bring anything either. But TJ, um, lives in Louisiana. So he's like, TJ brought some extras. So <laughs> everybody was, Everybody was covered, um, which was, which was nice. So we, we were all covered, uh, for, for the event. And, uh, it was, it was really cool. There was, and, and I don't know enough about handguns to be honest, but I just know TJ and Ryan were like just geeking out big time, uh, with some of the people that, that, um, that they were running into, man. Um, Grant Cunningham, we went to dinner with Grant Cunningham Friday night. And that dude has, he's a pistol guy. He's amazing. And he's got some most awesome stories, man. That was, that was an awesome dinner. Hmm. Uh, and you know, we got to meet Paul and, and, and I hate that I can't remember Paul's last name because I, I, at this point, I should know Paul's last name. Um, but he's another pistol guy. I'm hanging out with two pistol guys. I mean, I'm the air of putting podcast guy. I, I'm, I'm with two pistol guys like all day, most of the time. So that's, I met a lot of pistol people, learned a lot of pistol stuff. So that was a lot of fun. Um, our media credentials. They uh, was we had a little adventure with that. If you guys can see, um, we've got the the blue now. When they first um, gave us our our badges and everything, they gave us orange. And then there was like this rumor going around that if you had an orange one, you were considered non two A, that you were not a two A supported uh, media, and that orange was for like regular media or whatever. And we're all, including Jake and everybody, we're like, we're in orange. Like, I, that was the rumor. And so we, we go in there and we ask, and we're like, is that true? And they're like, no, 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 no. It has nothing to do with 2A, non-2A, non-2A. Please dispel that rumor. It has nothing to do with that whatsoever. It, it really is, is about who has to be escorted and who doesn't have to be escorted with cameras and whatnot when they're, um, you know, on the floor. Escorted. Um, Meaning escorted you get, like, a show-provided Sherpa to, like, carry your camera gear? Dude, yeah, it's awesome. Like they, they, they just somebody walks up like, here, let me help you with that, sir. <laughs> I wish. Man, I humped. Friday and Saturday, between the two days, sixteen miles. Um Nice. That was a lot of walking. Yeah, a lot of walking. But uh no, it, it ends up I when they first did it, see I didn't get my badge changed out to start off with, and TJ got his changed out to start off with. TJ did. So he's got a blue one and I've got an orange one. And we both are carrying our cameras. And when we go to walk in after lunch on Friday, 
the lady stops us, the guard stops us at the, at the entrance and goes, uh, excuse me, you're going to have to be escorted. And then we turn around and she sees one of us has a blue badge. We didn't know that at the time. That's what it was. One of us had a blue badge. Oh, you're okay going in. So as long as you've got somebody with a blue badge with you, you're okay. But you've got to have a blue badge with your orange badge for everything to be okay. So, so you just needed a little okay. bit of adult supervision. So anyway, I needed, I needed adult supervision. So, But you know what was funny? I saw Hickok 45 and saw pictures. That he had an orange badge. Like, man, what does he need to be escorted for? That's just <laughs> crazy. That's just crazy. But anyway, I did go back and I asked myself for myself, and they gave me a blue badge. So nice, nice. I was cool. Um, it was nine acres on the floor, man. Nine acres of stuff. Now I know shots probably way bigger, and everybody said, "Oh, this is small. This is so small." But it was what thirty thirty rows of stuff, and the rows are like like humongous, you know, like like forty fifty feet across the rows were, or something like that, something crazy. So units-wise, so we've got thing, uh, 30 rows by 9 acres by humongous long, just to give give a sense of size. <laughs> yeah. um, now, shot, it, it might have been bigger, but we were kind of talking about this. Shot's very oriented towards media, showing people new things, and business. So yep. dealers go, they set up big deals for the whole year. Um, they're wheeling and dealing with distributors, things like that. Whereas NRA... It's really open. You can anybody can go, and it's more set up like a straight up gun show where you can yep. bring your cash in and walk out with guns. Yeah, I mean we, there were like stuff just going off the floor like crazy. It was a, uh, it was really pretty pretty awesome. Um, uh, I was I was really impressed. You know, it was. I mean, I, I'm not gonna give an exact. Don't count, don't quote me on any sort of exact numbers or anything. But it was like 99 percent regular people. Most everybody was wearing the black badges, the standard. You know, I'm just an RA member. Um, outside was music going nonstop, just constantly. They had like a stage set up right outside. There was food all over the place. Oh, three dollar Snickers bars, three dollar Snickers. It was a, yeah, it's a convention. Everything expensive, but uh, it, huge like booths. I mean, you guys will see some of the pictures that I've already posted. I've got some more. I'm I'm going to try to get out today and and, and over the next few days. Um, like the 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 Bushmaster booth, the Sig booth, um. These some of these booths are just humongous, you know. I, I mean, I haven't, I've never seen anything that large before. It was so awesome, but just the fact that it was just everybody, just about everybody was just regular people, you know. It wasn't um, uh, just a ton of media. It wasn't press all the time. So when you walked up, it was just a regular you and me asking questions. Um, you and me, I guess I'm media technically, but I don't feel like I'm media because I don't know enough. But it was really, really, really a lot of fun. To be able to walk up to uh, to guys and say, "Hey, you know, um, what can you tell me about this this rifle?" And I'm not there to like interview you. Um, I'm there to find out for myself. Uh, in some cases, you know, sometimes I'm there like with a camera, and I want to I want to do a spot, and I want I want to get something on camera, I want to get something on film or on audio to bring back to the podcast. And other times, it's, "Oh wow, man, this Bushmaster three gun rifle is freaking cool. <laughs> tell me about this thing." And it's yeah, not just Joe, like Joe gun shop owner telling you about his gun. It's the guy yep. whose name is on the rifle. Yeah, man. It's like when we, we walked up into, um, uh, Magpul and, uh, TJ was with me and he wanted to get a piece on the new, um, if you guys haven't seen it, it's really cool. I've got some pictures. TJ will probably post them and I'll probably post them too of the new Ruger 1022 stock that Magpul has out, a full Ruger 1022 stock. And, mm-hmm. and we walked up. 
to look at that. And we did a little video, a piece of that. And the, the guy that's in there, so, so, um, what's your name and, and what's your title? And he's like, oh, he's a, he's a designer and said, so what's your relationship with the stock? Oh, I designed it. He's the dude who actually designed stock. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. That was the so same thing out at shot. Like, like they just had guys manning each part of their booth that straight up made the product. And uh, so they were yep. full of information. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, sometimes, well, sometimes it'd be nice to just have like the booth babe showing off the guns, uh, having the designers on the floor actually tell you about the process that goes into where these products come from, uh, might lead to a little better content for, for our listeners. Oh yeah. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And then sometimes it can be re- really interesting. Um, I won't name the name of the company. Um, we'll just call it um, Product X, okay? Uh, TJ said he went up to this Product X company and wanted them to show this product and said, so can you show me Product X? And the, and the guy says, sure. Uh, just walk over here and we'll start start the video. And TJ says, so um, uh, what's your title when it comes to the company? And the guy says, well, isn't that obvious for my last name? And TJ looks at the guy's badge and it's Mr. X and it's Product X. It's like, well, um, uh, I guess you could be president, you could be CEO, you could be owner, and as somebody else is president, you could be the designer, you could be anything. I mean, he didn't say that to the guy. He was very polite about it. He said, oh, I'm sorry, sir, and just went right on with the thing. And he said, well, well, what can you tell us about Product X? Well, it's big, and it, and it holds stuff. Okay. Um, can you maybe tell us about this part that turns around? It turns around. And, he, you know, so sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You don't always get, you don't always get the knowledgeable people. There's a reason why some guys hiring, hire marketing professionals. You got it, man. Yeah, that's right. All right um, so now, like the actual booth Before yeah. we go there, I just want to, like, what's the distinction that makes this like the NRA show? Are they doing, like, member voting or, um, seminars or, I, I guess guys have been in the media lately as far as, politicians that are giving speeches and stuff. How does that all connect with the yeah. gun show? Well, the, the, it, it's the NRA annual meeting. That's the NRA AM. So on 10 o'clock on, on Saturday was the big annual meeting, um, which I was busy out at booths, so I didn't actually attend the, the physical meeting. Um, to get in to the show, you either were media or you're an NRA member. If you're an NRA member, um, even just a regular old annual member, it doesn't cost you a dime. So there's no entry fee, uh, which I think is really pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're, um, you go to the meetings, you can go to pretty much just about everything. There are very few things that, that cost money. The Hank Williams Jr. concert was that Friday night? I think that was Friday night. I think, uh, I think that was free if you're an NRA member, uh, and you've already got your, you know, your, your, your badge that you're registered for the event. If you decide to go, guys, make sure you register ahead of time. It's free on the website. Just go to NRAAM. I think it's NRAAM.org, I think. Um, let me double-check that for you real quick. But just go to the website and make sure you register for next year. I think it's supposed to be in um, uh, Louisville next year. So that's that's uh, not too far even from, from me. I may hopefully be able to go next year. It's only another two or three hours. So let's see. Well, dadgummit. Yeah, NRAAM.org. Nice. So make sure that you guys pre-register uh, before you go next year because that makes all the difference in the world. Um, Did you go to any of the like big lines sp- that were speeches like or, or so. keynote 
No. No, I wanted to. And I almost did a couple of times, but I was so short, even on, you know, I had a list. You know, we, we all three of us kind of put our heads together at camp with a list of, of booths that we wanted to hit. And I was already so short on <laughs> the number of booths. I thought I could hit so many, man. I really did. I was like, I'm going to be able to hit every one of these on like day one. Shoot. Forget that. <laughs> and now I know what you guys were talking about when you're out of shot. I had firsthand experience with that. Um, I did go to the NRA trainers update. Since I'm a pistol instructor. Mm-hmm. I had to go to the trainers update. And so I've got some really interesting news on that, which I didn't put in the notes here. I need to put that in here. We'll talk about, uh, right as we get everything done. Um, um this really interesting stuff. Awesome. Well, let's dig right into it. Uh, tell me about some of the booths that you were able to talk to people, check out products. Um, was, was there, like a plan going into it? Did you have a whole big list that you were checking off or did you just kind of walk in the doors and that all kind of evaporated? Well, the first thing I decided to do when I walked in, I had a list, you know, uh, I had a list and I had the booth numbers for everybody. Uh, I didn't get around to actually putting them in order because I wasn't sure how the floor was laid out because I hadn't gotten to take a look at a map yet. But I figured they were probably a numerical order and I figured I could just go in and sort the spreadsheet you know, in numerical order, but I didn't actually get around to that. So I walked in the door and I thought the very first thing I'm going to do, because I don't know, um, since I've never been to anything like this, I'm just going to walk every single row. Um, and I ran into Jake around the backside about, about when I was finishing up. It took me about two and a half, three hours to just literally walk every single row without stopping it at one booth and just make note. And I added several booths to it that I wanted to see that were not on the list mm-hmm. um, from stuff that I just overlooked. Uh, you know, you get in there and you go, whoa, that's a big booth. How did I miss that on the list? And so you add that to the list because it looks really cool. Or you see a bunch of people, you know, with a really cool event that's going on. They've got something neat, interactive uh, feature that's at their booth, and you really want to stop and take a look at that. So, uh, you know, I was able to take do that. So that, that was the first thing that I did. And then I started going back through and, and hitting them. And in large part, it was a lot of hit and miss. Um, like you said, I did have a plan kind of what, you know, I wanted to kind of do them and I swore the spreadsheet and everything. But then there's so many people there. You guys, if you're on the Instagram, you saw some of those pictures about how packed it was. And that was just on Friday. On Saturday, it was like 10 times more people because people are off work and they were all, everybody was coming in that you go up to a booth and you're starting to take a look at stuff and you're waiting in line for like 20 minutes. And you go, you know, I can probably go over to the other booth over there because there's probably less people. And so you start bouncing booths all the time. And before you know it, you're going from like booth 2735 to booth 124, which are like opposite ends of the, of the, of the whole thing. And after a little while, after you do that once or twice, you start to learn where the free open paths are. So you figure out which, which rows don't have very many people on them. And so you start, oh, I'm going to hit that row and you can, you can get across the whole thing in about five or 10 minutes. Hmm. And you know, you learn those tricks pretty quickly. I started off, I stopped over the very first place I stopped because I've, I'm going to be honest now been seeing the stuff. Uh, they do such a great job on Instagram. And I told the guy that while I was there, I stopped off for, over at CMC Triggers and got a chance to meet. Um, and I got want to make sure I get their names uh, correct here. I've got the card here. Uh, I got a chance to meet Jack Beagle over there at CMC Triggers. And uh, he was he was a good guy. He was a really good guy. And they had an interactive uh, setup, which is one of the reasons that I stopped there. I wanted to go over there and meet them anyway. But they had a really cool interactive setup. Um they had a, a you know a little laser set up in, in their rifles and a big, huge screen, probably about, uh, I don't know, 15 inches diagonal or so, set up in the background. And you could pick all kinds of different uh, targets. You could pick steel targets. You could pick um, all kinds of different stuff and shoot at them. 
uh, with the rifle in it. They had uh, um, CO2-fed magazines. Hmm. So it was like an AR-shaped magazine. You toss it in there, but you could see the CO2 cylinders in it, so you could actually get the blowback uh, on the rifle, and you could get the trigger reset for the real trigger. Nice. So they were they were actually working the bolt. So it was it was a really cool system, and I got a chance to to fire that a little bit. Got a chance to put my uh, fingers on one of those flat CMC triggers. And I'm gonna tell you, I liked it. That's the first time I've had a chance to work a flat trigger, and I really enjoyed it. And we're hoping that um, that we're gonna get them to come on. And, and do an interview with us and talk to us a little bit about their triggers. And I know that, uh, Reed is hoping, uh, since they're over in his neck of the woods, that he's going to get the chance maybe to do a little bit of face to face with them as well. We're going to see if we can arrange something like that. Awesome. So that was, that was a nice booth. And the next one, oh man, I just drooled. That's all I can say is uh, we went to SIG next and TJ and I did. And I just spent the entire time just drooling. Um, let me pull out my pictures here so I can make sure that I'm giving you guys the proper, proper stuff. Um, so I don't lie to you here. Uh, there was the SIG, uh, 716 and had the little pistol, uh, in 12 inch and it was done in, um, just this, uh, what, what's the, I've got my stinking hats like this. What's that camo that's, that uh, everybody is doing now? It's kind of funky. Multicam, um, Cryptek. Cryptek, yeah, the Cryptek cam. That's the I can't remember the specific name of it, but it's the the lighter color. That's more like a regular camo kind of color with a sig brace on it. And these pictures will go up. I've got them already. I'm starting to sort through them this evening. This thing is a gorgeous rifle, a six seven sixteen. So it's a <coughs> three oh eight AR that you're supposed to strap to your arm. Yep. Uh huh. All right. Exactly. Okay. It's like oh oh yes. I want to see what that feels like. I didn't get a chance to fire it, but oh. It's such a beautiful rifle, man. It really is. Or, you know, pistol, sorry. <laughs> it's got a sig brace on it. Mm-hmm. And then we looked at the, um, the SIG 522, uh, in 22LR. It's got the foldable stock on it. I was like, what? It's like 600 bucks. That, that's, didn't get a chance to look, like spend a lot of time with it, but it looks really cool. Have you seen that thing before? No, no. That's nice. With the folding stock yeah. and everything. Yeah. Otherwise it's patterned yeah. like an AR. Yeah. Mm hmm. It looks really cool. I mean, it's not exactly like an AR, but it's it's similar. It's more probably along the lines of, um, I don't know. I, uh, it looks like another rifle, and I should know what it is, but I don't. Um, maybe a scar or something. And then, oh, the picture I took of the SIG booth, you guys are going to just die when you see this. It looks like somebody photoshopped the SIG Sour name on top of it. Their, their booth was just unbelievably awesome looking. And the dude that, uh, then we went over and we looked at several SIG pistols and the, the dude that walked us through those did a great, great job, uh, with the pistols and, and the rifles and everything. We got, we've got some video shorts from the SIG booth we got a chance to look at. Oh, um, he does also introduce us to the SIG MPX, mm-hmm. which is their 9mm pistol. And I've got some, some, uh, pictures of that that are, are, are really stinking cool. That thing is, is pretty awesome. Um, and I got several more pictures from the SIG booth that, uh, that I think you guys will, will very much enjoy. Um, so that, that, the SIG booth was just, was absolutely a blast. I'm just going to tell you. Now, did uh, they talk at all about, um, so much kind of the life of the arm brace and how things have been going lately with the ATF? There were a lot of things there they were kind of closed mouthed about. Hmm. Um, they're like, well, you know, w- there's not a lot we can say right now. We can say we're working on it. We can say that legal is dealing with some things. And that's about all they could really say. So I'm hoping that we'll hear some more stuff from them sometime soon. Um, but, you know, technically right now it's still legal as long as you don't shoulder it. So uh, I think that's where they stand on that. Now, one of the cool things that I saw uh, at SIG 
that I thought was really amazing was on um on on their rifle. If I remember correctly, this was on the Sig rifle. Yeah, it was. Was that uh, they had a uh, some of the new features on the new rifle, and you guys will see this in the video short. I'm gonna try to get this out in the next day day or so. Um, is the the button that's at the the base of the handguard. Um, you've got a button there, and then the handguard will just come off. It's like a one push button. And the whole handguard just comes right off. And then there's like two set screws, not set screws, but two Allen screws, and the barrel comes out. So it's in a, like a, a quick detach, not a quick detach compared to normal, I guess, um, for the barrel system. So it was really uh, freaking, pretty freaking cool. Nice, nice. Uh, I really thought that was pretty awesome. And he actually demonstrates pulling handguard off like in the video. He's like, pop. He's like, what? That's awesome. We went over to the Magpul booth, and you guys will see the 1022 um, stock video over there. It'll either come out uh, on our on our page or over at Firearms Insider. That was really awesome. Uh, Magpul had, you'll see the pictures of this, they had this huge bus there. You've probably seen some of those before, the Magpul bus. Um, that's really just killer. And their booth was just humongous. Um, I got a chance to try out several different stocks and uh, I think, I can't remember, I've got notes of it in my phone as to which stock I really liked. I've got to pick between that and the Daniel Defense stock. So uh, I've, I've Realized why I'm having such a hard time with cheek weld, and my stock is the regular standard mil, uh, mil spec stock, and it's this little teeny tiny narrow thing, and it's got a little bit wider uh, margin on the um, the Magpul stocks that I was trying, and on that Daniel Defense stock. Oh man, it just made all the difference in the world. That Daniel Defense stock, though, I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll get to that one in just a minute. Uh, we got some wonderful pictures from North American Arms. I know that's pistol stuff. Again, I was with TJ. They've got some great new little products. TJ will be doing a whole lot of work with those, and you'll see a bunch of stuff coming out uh, on Firearms Insider over there. But I'll post some of those pictures just in our album that I'm going to get some stuff up on here in just a little while. It's really awesome. Now, Daniel Defense, I got to um, personally finally meet Marty Daniel. I know you guys have seen the the interview that, that Reed did with him a while back. Um, one one uh, very stand-up guy, very quality man. Uh, one of the things that they're doing, I, I mentioned this before, that I went to the NRA uh trainers update they're doing the america's rifle challenge they're sponsoring that with the nra and america's rifle challenge is their um instead of i always was hoping that they were going to do an msr course and that we were going to get an msr certification as an instructor but as of right now they're not doing that they're doing the america's rifle challenge and that what it is it's uh an event that you can have. You don't have to be an instructor to do the event. You go onto their website, the America's Rifle Challenge website. You can just Google that. I think it's arc.nra.org. <clears throat> and you can register your event, and people can sign up on that website, on the America's Rifle Challenge website, and come to your event. And they have it all laid out for you, how it's supposed to work. And it's it's a, a course of fire, basically. And you compete against yourself. So you compete to get better um, through the, the course of the event. And it there you see um, you shoot from standing, sitting, and prone. Um, you shoot behind barricades. You don't shoot moving, but you do shoot from multiple positions. You shoot multiple distances at multiple different kinds of targets: paper, steel, etc. So it's 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 a very interesting course of fire. Um, it's a new kind of thing, and it kind of combines a few things together. So I think it's it does sound kind of interesting, and I'm I'm kind of looking forward to to getting to participate in one of those hopefully sometime in the future, and. I think it will drive some interest because one of the things they talked about, you know, like uh, Mr. Daniel said, we got and we talked to the, the owners of our rifles. Like, oh, we love we love your rifles, man. They're so awesome. I said, great. Well, when's the last time you used it? Six months ago. I only pulled it out like two times a year. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got all these MSRs out there, but there's not getting used that much. So 
and they've also said that, uh, you know, the ARC, the ARC course, can be used not just for that kind of thing, not just for the course of fire kind of event, but a lot of people are, are kind of putting a twist on it. A lot of the uh, ranges are, and they'll, like, do an ARC on Friday, and then they'll do a modified ARC on Saturday where it's a competition course. So you're competing against each other on Saturday. So, you know, you kind of get the, it's like a, an intro on Friday, and then on Saturday you do a competition against each other. So I give big, huge props to Magpul um, for, for sponsoring the ARC. Um, huge props to NRA for, for pulling this out uh, because you have to use either an AR, an AK, or something of a similar nature, uh, like a Mini-14 or something along those lines with a, a removal magazine in order to compete. So they're really trying to push those rifles in, into use uh, for recreational use uh, as well as um, uh, people learning how to use them and continuing to be safe with them and getting them out there and be used. So I'm really happy about that. Yeah, it seems like when we're talking <clears throat> to three-gun guys, it's real obvious that there's a sporting purpose for these sorts of rifles. Um, but kind of yep. the traditional old guard at the NRA uh, seems like has been historically a little hesitant to that sort of a uh, use. And so it's really, really a good thing to see them backing some sort of uh, program like this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Frog Lube. We got over to the Frog Lube booth. I was working with um, uh, making some contacts with Lantac as well while I was over there. Did it but, smell uh, nice? I ran into Larry Lasky. Was it like a nice, mm-hmm. nice smelling booth? Oh, man. <laughs> you have no idea. It was awesome. <laughs> that Frog Lube was one of my favorite booths of the day, which is just crazy. Larry Lasky, Mr. Lasky, was just such a blast uh, to work with. I only got a chance. He was so busy um, working with people. He was selling a lot of product, you know. Uh, he walked by me. He had a big handful of, like, dollar bill, like, like 10, 20s and stuff in his hand. He was walking over to a cash, re- like a cash register to make change for people and stuff. Uh, it, it was a blast. It's like, I'll be with you in just a minute. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'll be with you in just a minute. He was back and forth. He was working really hard, but he gave me a little bit of time. We cleared out a spot and, and you guys will see that. I'm going to put that up here in just, uh, in just a little bit because that's one of my favorite spots from the whole show. Uh, but he, uh, he wanted us to make sure we let everybody know. And I put it out on, on Instagram, I put it out on Facebook, but you can now get Frog Loop and Bass Pro. So I was really happy about that. And I was like, when I first started talking to him about doing the thing, he said, well, what do you want to know? It's like, well, Tell us about, you know, Frog Lube. I'm kind of a newbie, you know. I mean, a lo- and a lot of our new new guys may not know that much about cleaning guns. So, you know, can you tell us, like, how to use Frog Lube? He said, well, you know, you use Frog Lube like you use anything. Well, you need to know. <laughs> well, can, what can you tell us? He said, well, you know, there's solvents. You use those to get everything off of it. And then there's lubricants. that you use that for storage and to make sure you, you're running your gun hot that it stays lubed. That's it. That's all you need to know. Can you say that on camera for me? Well, sure. <laughs> it, it was, he had me laughing the whole time. He was just hilarious. Um, so it was a, it was a really great interview. I enjoyed that quite a bit. And uh, he, uh, I won't mention the other name on air, but he said, "Yeah, you can get our stuff in Bass Pro," which was great. And I, and I said, "Yeah, we definitely want you to, to put that on air because he'd only found that out the day before," um, which is great. So you guys make sure if you're in Bass Pro, take a look at your Frogwood stuff. He said, "You know, of course, you can get over at Brownells and at mm, the other M store that we don't really talk too much about on this podcast." And I said, well, you know, we're sponsored by Brownells. So, you know, if you, when you say it, you can go Brownells. And then, and so in the video, he actually does that. <laughs> you can get it at Bass Pro. You can get it at Brownells. And then, you know, it's, it's really, it's pretty, pretty awesome. So, uh, he, he's a, a great, uh, great character. We had a lot of fun with him. Uh, got a chance to do Surefire and went over there and, you know, 
while we were waiting on the, all the guys to come down, they wanted to get their tech guy down. They wanted to get their marketing guy down to talk to us, which was awesome. And they gave us the media kit, which, by the way, is fabulous. They got some great pictures on there. We'll share those with you guys. Um, I'm looking at lights. Of course, and that's what I know Surefire lights. Reed said, go look at their suppressors. I'm like, all right, go look. I, Surefire makes suppressors? What? Okay. And, dude, they've yeah, got they, they know how to make suppressors. Blackout. Dude, it's unbelievable i was uh, y'all are really gonna dig that uh we've got some really good video uh, footage on that one make sure you check that out um their suppressors were, were killer i know their lights are awesome we all know their lights are awesome and whatnot but their their suppressor was awesome do you have any have you have a chance to put your hands on any of those jw um some of my buddies that are military background that's what they use all the time and uh yeah between those and the knights cans those are kind of the the gold standards uh for the guys that use them for work um, I saw that Surefire just came out with one of those blast baffle sort of redirector things. Um, and yeah. it looks just like one of their cans. It's just real short. And, uh, that looks mm-hmm. pretty sweet. If, if you've already got your gun set up for Surefire brakes and everything, um, it's, it's a pretty slick little, uh, blast director. Yeah. It's when they, they were talking about, you know, user serviceable nine millimeter. Like you can take you can take it apart and clean it. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, I know, I probably should have known all this stuff before, guys, but I'm the newbie, so I get to ask the stupid questions, like, really? You can do that? You know, so, it was really cool. Um, got over to the CMMG booth, and, uh, the big thing looked at over at the CMMG booth was the, the Mark 47, uh, you know, their, their, the uh, their monster over there that's the mix between, yeah, the mutant, it's been mixed between the AK and the, the AR, which, that was awesome. And we've got some bloopers from that. If uh, I'm going to ask permission before I post them. So I won't talk about the specifics of it here. They were awesome. So, uh, that, that's, that was really, really an interesting, interesting interview as well. Um, bloopers on my part as well as on our interviewers, interviewees part. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and not to mention it was a great interview. He did, he did a really awesome job. And I got a chance to go over to Vortex. I made sure that I got a chance to go over to Vortex. And got a chance to talk to a really cool dude over there who shoots like 35, 40 matches a year. Who's one of the Vortex guys. And idea, I got to put my hands on the uh, Strike Eagle. Have you had a chance to put your hands on one yet? Uh, I was just like focused on interviewing the guy and I really didn't look through it much. So tell me about it. Oh, so I got a chance to look through it and sitting right above it was, uh, what's the other one to six? Is it the, uh, the Viper? Like the Razor Gen 2 or whatever? Yeah, this the other one to six, the more expensive. The one, one that's like, like thirteen, fourteen hundred bucks. Three gunners or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Versus the four hundred dollars, you know, three thirty or whatever street price that the, the strike eagle is. I could not tell I, okay. I'm not gonna lie. I could tell a I could tell a difference in the glass. I could tell a difference a little bit of a difference in the glass. Um but not a huge difference. The I like the reticle better in the more expensive one. It's a single dot in the middle. And then I, I don't know what if it's mill dot or what, I'm not even gonna pretend to understand that stuff yet. It's still about, it's still beyond, beyond my understanding. But, uh, it was the biggest thing that caught my eye more than anything else. And the thing that made me go, hmm, I think I'm, I think I will save and I think I will go for the more expensive optic. I think I, I think I real, really, really will. And I never thought I would say that was, and I forget exactly what you call it, but it's the, the ring that goes around the outside. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a name for that, but I can't remember what that's called. The Strike Eagles was quite a bit thicker than, the whatever the razor or whatever the other one is. Um, when you looked at the other one, when you're on one power, it's like there's a little blur of a circle on the more expensive optic. Um, 
and that was it. I mean, you had almost nothing between you and the target. When you're using the Strike Eagle, there's a thick black ring. It's a true thick black ring, and, it, you know, it kind of obscures um, your vision a little bit. So it's a great optic, man. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it looks just unbelievable, and the glass is clear as day. Um, but when comparing between the two, I can see a distinct advantage of the more, the more well, obviously, it's more expensive. You know, I can definitely see a distinct advantage of, of the, the more expensive one. And I like the reticle. Really and truly, I think I would like the reticle that much more so that I would probably save up. And you're talking probably three times the price, but I think it would be worth it. I think so. Yeah, that, that, that now, expensive one, guys are always talking about how the, right um, when you're looking through it at one power, it's like the scope isn't even there. It, the image is so big and there's really not much busying, uh, the image. Um, yeah. it's, that's kind of what it's known for is just being a huge, clear, bright image. Yep. And it was just as clear and just as bright in the Strike Eagle, man. Seriously. Except for that ring around the outside. Um, cause I picked it up. I was like, whoa, that's, I mean, this is a true 1X. I mean, it really is. The Strike Eagle is a true 1X. You look through that thing and it's just like both eyes open, uh, fast shooting. You're going to have real fast target acquisition. It's going to be really nice. Um, I say that, but I'll probably end up, uh, you know, end up getting um, getting the Strike Eagle because <laughs> I'm cheap. Uh, and then buying the, the more expensive one later and putting the Strike Eagle on a secondary rifle that, you know, that I end up having. So, because I'll, I'll keep it. I dropped by the Colt booth, didn't have time to talk to anybody while I was there, but you guys saw the pictures of some of those crazy colors. Hopefully, if you looked on our Facebook page, man, some of that, uh, like, aqua green and that dark, dark, deep cobalt blue or something like that. And then the school yeah, that, that was an there. interesting hand guard. Wasn't it? Yeah. How comfortable do you think that would be? Uh, probably more comfortable than Picatinny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, I swung by the HK booth, and I just have to say, I, I on a side note, I know this is the AR podcast, dude, but I put my hands on a lot of pistols because I'm getting the itch to go ahead and get my concealed carry pistol. I don't have one yet. And uh, I was really impressed with the BP-9. Um, it may not be quite as small as I would like for it to be, but trigger-wise, um, just the way the whole pistol felt in my hand, the the way the slide worked, the, the slide lock, dude, was sweet. I mean, it just it was so easy to use. When I tried the shield, I tried um, the LC-9. Uh, there were a couple others I can't remember now, but the shield and the LC-9, it's like, I was like, okay, release the slide. Come on, Thumb. I need to be mm-hmm. the Hulk to get the darn slide to, to release. Now, did you talk with, yeah, uh, I was, I was not real happy with that. Ryan or TJ about anything? Did they have any thoughts about kind of the decision making process for you? Yeah, go car. <laughs> get a CM9. That's all he said. Just get a car and get a CM9. Don't worry about it. So I, 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 I borrowed, they had, uh, they had their car there. Not the, not the 9mm, but the 380. Mm-hmm. Um, so I toyed with that. There, I had TJ's personal, see, uh, his, uh, 380 car there. And so I played pocket pistol and I played with that for a little bit. Um, and I have to say I was impressed. I wanted to get by the car booth, but I didn't quite make it. Really wanted to after playing with the 380 for a little while. I kind of liked it. So I may have to, uh, get some range time with somebody's car from somewhere. And then the last, um, thing I'll talk about, uh, you know, I stopped, looked at all kinds of stuff all over the place, all kinds of things I wanted to get to do that I can get to do and all kinds of stuff that, um, that we really don't have enough time to talk about today or just not interesting enough to, but I did get to swing by the F and H booth, um, just for a couple minutes and take a look. 
And, dude, it was packed. I mean, I think it may have been one of the busiest booths at the whole show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their rifles just looked really, really good. I didn't even get, it was so packed, I didn't even, couldn't even take pictures because there were so many people standing like all over the place. It was insane. Now we just had them on the show and I know that they kind of told us about all their specific lines, um, that they've been bringing to market, but also this whole military yep. clone line. Um, and it seems like that was kind of mm-hmm. what was getting a whole lot of press, um, on the internet was that there's going to be a civilian semi-auto 249, um, along with some M16 clones. Um, I don't know. What else do they have? Do they have like an M4, M4A1 or something like that? Oh, they, I don't remember now, to be honest. <laughs> I saw that. I saw so much stuff now that I'd have to go back through and like look at notes and stuff, um, or find pictures. But, they did have, if I remember correctly, they had, uh, FNH had an area that was uh, not only just civilian stuff, but they even had some of the, like the, the governmental stuff up there as well. Mm-hmm. Like just for people to be able to, to handle, which I thought was really kind of cool. Um, that was different than most of the booths, obviously. They don't have those governmental contracts. So that was, that was really kind of a cool thing. Oh, one final, one final note. Um, for any of you people, this is coming back from the show. Um, from the trainers update that I went to. Anybody that is um, interested in taking um, pistol classes with NRA, uh, rifle classes, that kind of thing, uh, starting sometime later this year, um, and continuing, it probably won't be, it'll be phased in slowly. So sometime by uh, the middle to the end of 2016, the NRA is going to be uh, phasing in and, and finishing and completing uh, e-instruction, e-learning. So if you go to take your your pistol certification class, or you go, this is not the instructor classes, but the regular classes, your pistol class, your rifle class, things like that. <clears throat> you're going to start seeing uh, the classroom portion is done online, so your instructor is not going to be staying in front of you teaching you that stuff anymore. Uh, the instructor is going to be there for range time, which means you're going to have more range time probably. You're going to have more rounds down range. So your instructor is going to be there really more hands-on. Um, so that's what the, the NRA is really hoping to do is get you more range time. Because that's been their biggest complaint about their courses is that there's been too much classroom time, not enough range time. So they're putting all this together, and they're supposed to hope they're supposed to launch the pistol course uh, later this year and phase that in over the over the next six to twelve months, um, so that everybody is moved to that. And there will not be a regular option. That's what we were told, as there will not be an option for a regular in class teaching. Everything will be an e-learning class. So if you if you are uh, don't want that, and you do want to get that pistol sort of that pistol class from the NRA. Go ahead and take it sometime between now and the end of the year, um, preferably between now and like say September, October. Um, uh, otherwise, you're going to be looking at doing some e-learning. If you're interested in the e-learning stuff, you may want to put it off until you know uh, October, November, December, January, something like that, so that you can get into that e-learning and spend more time at the range and get a few more uh, rounds down range. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. I know there. There's going to be a lot of discussion about that, and there may be some changes in that as it gets launched. But it looks really good. The NRA is doing a good job there. They're 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 really working hard to to bring their training offerings up into the, the 21st century. Great. Really happy. Great. Overall, the show was awesome, man. Dude. So I want to go back. So uh, I know I still have a ton of content from Shot, and a combination of laziness and life have kind of uh, delayed some of the release of that content. What's your game plan as far as yep. how you're going to be putting stuff up or People going to be able to hear it on the regular show, or are you going to throw things up on our YouTube channel, or what's what's the plan? Well, 
I'm going to be getting most of the pictures up over the next couple of days. I'm going to just put an NRA album up there, and I'm just going to keep sticking the pictures in there as I go through and make sure I've got them, you know, named correctly and, and whatnot, and then stick stuff up. And I'll, I'll stick stuff up on Instagram over the next week or two. Um, the videos, I'm probably going to take the, the probably the frog loop video tonight, toss it in there um, in the editor, and uh, get it um, rendering this evening. And then I'm going to try really hard over the, the next week to get one video every couple of days. Uh, I only have like five or six, so it's not that many. I don't have as much content as you did. Um, so I'm going to try to push those videos out. And most of mine are short. They're only like a minute, two minutes, three minutes long at the absolute most. Most of them don't need any editing whatsoever. So it's just, you know, go in, chop maybe the ums and uhs at the very beginning and chop the end, toss it in with the graphic stuff and, and render it and get it gone. Great. So I'm hoping that I get most of them done over the next week or two. So that's, that's the plan. Awesome. You guys should be looking for that. I will be posting, um, whenever they come out on YouTube, I'll be posting them up on all of our social media. Uh, so make sure you, you keep a track of those. Cool. Cool. Um, and some bloopers. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, great. Uh, we have something that we've been doing here the last few weeks, uh, because the, the fine folks at Otis Technology sent us over a mountain of rifle maintenance tools. Uh, and cleaning kits for both the AR-15 and the AR-10. And they've tasked us with giving them away. Uh, we're going to have some special f- posts show up on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, those have been going out on a regular basis. And that's where you can have your chance to win some of these awesome products. Uh, we'll give away a complete MSR cleaning kit in either 556 or 762 in the middle of each month up until Christmas. And uh, then we're going to give away a whole package. The the full Otis Elite Cleaning System is going to go to one lucky listener. Uh, so during the alternating weeks, we're going to be giving away a host of tools and cleaning supplies. Uh, is this one of those weeks, Anthony? Um, this is, I think we had, it was last week was the, the one of the, the full kits, the MSRs. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week is... Uh, a random drawing of a whole batch of stuff. Reed reaches into the grab bag and pulls something out. Nice, nice. So do we have a name? We do. Our name is Mike Morer. Now, we have had some issues with a couple of people um, not getting back to us on Facebook, and one person, unfortunately, does not have a way for us to contact them. Um, the message them is turned off. So what we're going to do now is we're going to ask you guys to contact us. We're gonna we're gonna post this information on Facebook. Um, we're gonna announce it here. We're gonna ask you guys to get in contact with us. If you don't get in contact with us, we're not gonna be able to send you any swag. So make sure you contact us. You can contact us on Facebook. You can contact us on Instagram. You can contact us over email. Any way that you've got to contact us. Um, but you're gonna have to prove to us that it's actually you. So one way or another, you're gonna have to let us know that you're actually the same person that you are on Facebook that came and liked our page. So, uh, Mike Morer, I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly, from Facebook, you are the winner for April 13th. Awesome. Congratulations, sir. You know, I'd almost be willing to give away one if somebody tried really, really hard to impersonate Mike Morer. Um, just for, just for the effort. <laughs> <laughs> just for the effort, yeah. Yeah. So, let's just see All if right. we can kind of throw some fire into the feedback, uh, channel and, uh, give Reed some distraction from tax season because he's a little busy right now. Just a little bit. He's yeah, man. Just because tax day is in. Oh man. Yeah. 
yeah. this year, basically. Yeah. Um, I'm going to hop over here to Facebook. There's been some posts to the page and, uh, yeah, just some great back and forth that's been going on. Tom Gonzalez posted. He said, Hey, listener, since the first episode, thanks for the interview with Silencer Co. I joined the organization. I'm waiting on my stamp for my Silencer Co. Omega. Can't wait. I have trifectas on my ARs ready and waiting. I built five, uh, I have built five in two, maybe in two years, uh, in five, five, six. Two in 300 blackout and one in 762 by 39 so far and have two more builds in progress along with changing parts on my AR10. Thanks for giving me the motivation to build my own. Uh, that's awesome. Thanks for listening, Tom. Um, those sound like some pretty sweet builds. Uh, so throw some photos up if you can. We'd love to see those. And once that Omega comes in, let us know how that, how that sounds. Uh, I just got a little bit of time on it. Um, at the range at shot, but I mean, they were just throwing 300, uh, subs through it. So it's tough to sound bad with running 300 subs. Uh, I'd, I'd really be interested in hearing what a full power 556 or 308 sounds like through that can. Um, cause it's been getting a whole lot of press lately. Um, Matt Flores, he posted, Hey, long time listener of the show. Just thought I'd share my first build with you guys. Started on an Anderson lower. Aero Precision M4E1 upper uh, with a 12-inch key mod handguard and a 16-inch stainless steel barrel. Uh, he's got the 223 Wild Chamber with a Fortis RED muzzle brake, uh, nickel boron bolt carrier group from AIM Surplus. He's got a charging handle from BCM, uh, Magpul backup irons, and he's got one of the Spark 2 red dots from Vortex. He just finished his build last week and can't wait to go to the range to see how this baby shoots. It sounds like... Uh, quite a setup there, so I'm sure he's going to be happy with it. Um, that looks pretty sweet. We also have a few pieces here um, from last week that I hopped over because I knew Reed uh, would love talking about them, about different calibers and stuff like that, but uh, like we said, Reed is tied up with tax season, so I'm thinking yes. we should just push those to next week and get him on because he loves talking about all those alternative calibers. Yeah, so guys, if, uh, if you haven't heard your feedback, and it is about uh, an alternate caliber. Um, just to hold off till next week. If for any reason we have missed anything, I know Reed is is slammed, and and he is the one who has access to the the feedback at ar15podcast.com. So just hold on, and we'll get to it uh, next week. Um, just hold on, we will get to your feedback. We promise. For sure, and uh, keep sending us more feedback. Like Anthony just said, it's feedback at ar15podcast.com. You can use the SpeakPipe plugin on the right-hand side of the website to uh, leave a voicemail. I received one last week, and it was just kind of 60 seconds of silence and maybe a little bit of breathing. Um, so if that was you, maybe try one more time. <laughs> uh, talk a little bit louder, and we'd love to, to get some of that audio feedback. Subscribe and listen to us for free in iTunes or Stitcher. And please leave us a review there. Uh, it'll place the show higher and help new listeners connect with us. Share your pictures with us over on Instagram at AR15Podcast or just with the hashtag AR15Podcast. Uh, I know Anthony loves to uh, kind of repost cool photos that listeners send in. And so, uh, yeah, we're always looking for, for new followers and uh, for people to share their build with us over on Instagram. If you're on Google Plus, you can follow us at uh, plus.google.com slash plusar15podcast. 
Search for us over on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, you're bound to find us. It's AR15 Podcast. Check out some of the other great shows uh, here on the network by going to firearmsradio.tv. Uh, there's got to be something else out there that you can find that interests you. We've ha- got some really cool shows. Uh, and like Anthony was saying, the guys that run those shows are really great, um, especially the handgun guys. Some of these topics that I'm not nearly as well-versed in as them, uh, it can be overwhelming, but they really know how to distill things down and tell you about all the different uh, variants and choices to be made um, in these other sides of the industry. Don't forget to use our Brownells affiliate link by visiting ar15podcast.com slash parts. If you're looking for parts for your next build, if you're looking for reloading supplies, anything like that. And if you're looking for kitty litter or for uh, garbage bags or for DVDs, uh, go to Amazon by visiting firearmsradio.tv slash Amazon. And uh, that'll give us a little, little piece of that transaction won't cost you a dime extra well that's about all we got this week uh really appreciate you sharing a little bit about your time here at the nra show anthony uh sounded like it was definitely worth the trip oh yeah for sure i do it and again in heartbeat nice nice uh well we can't wait to see some of the content that you're throwing together and uh i guess people can find that over at youtube um on facebook you'll let people know whenever those updates go out and uh, we'll just stay tuned to be able to see see what you got to see there right on the show floor. Yes, sir. All right. right well, until next time, have a good one. Are you looking for an extraordinary daily carry option? Look no further. Car Arms is giving away a P9 with night sights right here on the Firearms Radio Network. It's Car's EDC drawing. To enter, simply become a Patreon of any Firearms Radio Network show. Current patrons are automatically entered. But wait, there's more. Key bar, hellbent holsters, alien gear holsters, Precision Ear, and more have ponied up to enhance your EDC loadout. See all of these awesome prizes and more ways to enter at firearmsradio.tv slash EDC. This has been a production of the Firearms Radio Network. You can find more information at firearmsradio.tv.